0: episode 315 big signing around the hockey world but before we get to that good morning craig thank you to everybody who listened and tuned into the tim Connolly episode we've had amazing feedback on that episode and it was great to hear from tim nice to know when a guy that you uh wonder about wonder how he's doing for many different reasons because you and i talk all the time and we think about old teammates and talk about, wonder how that guy's doing, wonder how that guy's doing. So it was really good to hear from Tim and hear that he's in a good place. Very much so.
1: He fell off the map there. Nobody uh, that I talked to, whether we're talking to Vanner, Roy Millsy, all the guys that we had uh, played with, no one had talked to Tim Connolly. He just kind of went underground and, uh, you know, was trying to figure out life and everything else. And, uh, let me tell you what an awesome, awesome, uh, episode, awesome conversation with him. He looks like he's in a really, really good place in life. I mean, he's super. like he just, uh, he's just uh, super positive and, um, you know, he's, he's realizing, I think, uh, talking about his, his hockey career, right like we were like well you know you had an awesome career tc like what like what are you upset about and he's like my standard i didn't reach my standard and we're like well what was your standard what are you most surprised that he said the hockey hall of fame same same thing like like he was he was a fifth overall draft pick one of the most skilled players in the draft that year his standard you know going through his career was he wanted to be the best. He wanted to be in the hockey hall of fame. He wanted that type of career. And obviously he didn't get there, but he still had a great career and it's taken him this long to realize how, how great his career was and how many people that he touched. He's one of how many guys that have felt that way.
0: I mean, and it, because I, I think about this, like, and not even, not even like uh, I'm talking about just guys that had great careers that that were happy with them because they didn't even know that was going to happen. I feel like Tim Connolly knew from a very young age how talented he was and how fast he was going to get to the NHL. To hear him say the Hall of Fame, I was, I, I mean, I wasn't surprised, like kind of a fucking thought is that. I was just that was so amazing to hear cuz players don't ever talk about that. No player while they're playing would ever say, "Oh, I want to be a Hall of Famer" cuz you're putting a shit ton of pressure on yourself. Tons. Yeah. Yeah. That was one of the that was one of the things he said too. I mean, I I don't even really know how to describe how I felt when when he said that. I was like, "Man, like I got into the league and my thought was just try to stay for 10 games." <laughs> I, swear, Listen, Greg, I, I swear to God I'm like I just want to be here tomorrow I just want it my first year I remember when they told me to get a place
1: Was there a time that you felt Like That you were on The bubble that you felt Uncomfortable like really my entire career Your entire career okay Because guys like me pass yeah that's that's something. a bad Feeling man
0: Wow. Well,
1: like I, I, I remember going I through think that kept me in the
0: league six years. The pressure of my role got me out. Yeah, but the honesty in which you know, like you can be replaced tomorrow, is is it's it keeps you. Didn't keep me on the perfect straight and narrow, but I mean, <laughs> yeah, but I, I definitely. I mean, I was one or two bad games away from being out of the lineup for a long time but not only that like i was on a very short leash okay like yeah. one turnover early in a game and i'm fucking done for the game that's how horse shit coaching was back then it and,
1: and it matter. just it just comes down to situation it comes down to timing it comes down to um you know uh, you know I'll, I'll go a stretch further and and kind of get off your situation um like in in the league when I came up, there I was a third round draft pick. Okay, um, probably a long shot to make the NHL. Um, the 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 Montreal's draft two years before me was a, a right handed defenseman from out west, Lindsey Ballas. The year after uh, before me was a left handed defenseman from the West, Brent Billado. My draft year. The first rounder was David Wilkie, right-handed defenseman. The year after me, they picked a right-handed defenseman in Brad Brown in the first round. And in the second round, they picked Rory Fitzpatrick, uh, Rochester's uh, boy. And I'm sitting there as a third rounder just trying to survive. That's all I'm trying to do is survive. And i am I don't really have a chance of making the NHL because I have all of these first rounders that are ahead of me, that are above me and and let me let me say this they all got injured at some point it the 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 top team had guys that were suspended that were injured then they called up rory fitzpatrick ahead of me they called up david wilkie that was ahead of me these were all first rounders and second rounders and they got injured and guess who else they have to pick up oh i you know there's no one else we'll just to pick the Reve kid up i went up in a very short period of time opened eyes didn't didn't earn a position on the team for next year opened eyes that's it that's all i did but i had to have multiple people go through tough times for me to even get a shot And I got lucky. I got lucky to to get my foot in the door. When I was drafted at number 68 in the draft, there was first rounders, first rounders and second rounders that never played in the NHL that were better than me. They were better than me. But they were were in a situation on a team that did not allow them to grow. You didn't I don't allow them to an opportunity.
0: I don't know the group of defensemen all that well that you're mentioning, but I know a couple of them. And I played with Fitzy, and that's a hell of a group of defensemen to have to climb over. Because Rory Fitzpatrick was a really good defenseman. Very good. Like he didn't pan out to be a top four in the NHL, but there were moments on our team when we had injuries where he had to play in that position
1: and he, yep. he did really well. He was a So, ba- massive, so back in the day massive. He Man. he was being called up before me from the minors. He was he was a right-handed defenseman, second round. Okay, David Wilkie was the first rounder. My year, he was a right-handed defenseman, first round. These guys were getting called up when there was injuries in Montreal before me. But then it came to a a, a time. I think it was my second or or I think it was my second year, where there was a big trade in Montreal. Massive trade. Um, I'm trying to think of who exactly. So Shane Corson got traded from St. Louis to uh, to Montreal. And in that trade. They were offering me up as one of the one of the, the prospects. And St. Louis said No. We do not want Revey. We'll take Wilkie or Fitzpatrick. And they went back and forth from what I was told. No, we don't want to give those guys up. We'll give you Rive. So push comes to shove. The trade was made. We were at the airport. They had to pull the guys away from the team. And Rory Fitzpatrick ended up getting moved instead of myself and David Wilkie. So Rory Fitzpatrick, change of direction for his career, goes to St. Louis. Well, then that opens more opportunity for me. And I took that opportunity and realized at a very young age, holy shit, man, this is for real. And even though these are my best buddies and my teammates and the minors, they're also my biggest enemies. Yeah,
0: well, I, I exactly People don't realize this, but the
1: minors might be the most catty place in the world.
0: Hey, okay? like, I don't think people realize that there's a lot of faking and a lot of fake relationships going on just for the simple fact that uh, you have to. You, you have to. But at the same time, you know, you're kind of hoping that, you know, the the, the left winger on the line ahead. Of you is going to snap his ankle one game. And you're, <laughs> I don't give a shit. I'm sorry. I I just
1: I didn't care. Listen, you know, a guy he's... gets a guy gets you come to the rink in the morning. You remember this. Snows flying, it's friggin' and the freezing cold. And,
0: the girlfriends and wives were like a thousand
1: times worse because they're all in competition about who's going to get to the show first. Also, big difference between making back in the day. It's a big difference between making, you know, when I when I got called up in in nineteen ninety five, I was making thirty thousand dollars Canadian, and in and in the NHL, I was making two hundred and seventy five. There is a big difference between 30000 and 275000 It's like
0: it's graduating in handbags. You go from a banana republic to a coach, and then once you get to the million-dollar salary, you get a Prada or a Gucci or a Louis
1: Vuitton. Yeah. the Lifestyle changes in a in a blink of an eye of you playing five to seven good games in the minors. You play well, you open eyes, and they give you a shot. And you've got a really small window of opportunity to grab that uh, that spot and and go with it. And uh fortunately for me, I was able to grab a spot. Um you know, I was I'll tell you this, you know, little sacrifice things like I remember this that uh, I would go home from the summertime. And uh, we didn't have to report till training camp until uh, September 1st. I remember I was very young. I was like 22, 23. I was just on the cusp of getting a, a, a full-time NHL position, but I had to fight for it. I had a bunch of French guys that actually spoke French that were that were competing with me for for a position. And to be honest, they would have much rather have taken the guy that spoke French. And I knew that. I showed up every year on August 1st. I cut my summer short by a month every year. I showed up, skated in Montreal with all the players there that were, it was insane. Le Cavalier, Briere, like, it, it Pominville. you just name there was a long list of very 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 high end players that skated together so the skates were awesome and at the same time i went and trained in the in in the uh the bell center at the, at the rink i came in a month early i can still remember this i remember i was in there by myself one night i had already skated in the morning i had already worked out um i was at my hotel Cause I hadn't made the team Um, and it was later on that night where I kind of went to the, I just, I was just so bored and I didn't want to go out and, and drink and stuff like that. So I went back to the rink and I started to do lifts, some power cleans and stuff like that. And I had a good amount of weight on there too, back in the day. And uh, I had Metallica absolutely ripping. I was like ready to rip heads off. I was having the best time of my life because no one was there. The the cleaning people were were already gone. And I remember lifting and lifting and I was, the music's pumping. And I'm doing, I'm doing a really good amount of weight on a power clean. And I do uh, a rep of three with this weight and drop the weight and I could hear the weight just crashing. Like I'm like, just loving it. And all of a sudden I look over and Ale Vigneault, the head coach of the team is sitting in the, the doorway of the gym watching me. And he had a big smile on his face. I'll never forget it. He just looked at me because he wasn't the most personable guy. Okay. We called him Gant for arrogant. He had this demeanor to him that he was very cocky. Um, and this is when he just got hired by Montreal, but he was a confident guy. He was a strong guy. He worked out like crazy. And I just remember him looking at me with a smile. And he give, gave me the nod like, well done. Well done. And then walked away. And for me, these are things that, uh, you know, might have given me that small, small upper hand to show. I remember some of these
0: conversations like that you're having. I mean, I remember my first practice after training camp um, and the team being selected in 03, 04. And I remember Scott Arneal skated up to me. First, we had an exhibition game in St. Catharines my hometown and uh, against Ottawa happened to score a goal that game, by the way, drop pass by Miro Chetan. Um The very Paul Henderson like moment. I wasn't supposed to be on the ice with Miro at the time, but someone came off, I think with a banged up injury or uh, like in the middle of a shift. and I was the next guy in line. So I hopped over next thing, you know, Miro's dropping me a puck in the slot and I'm ripping it home hometown. Go- whatever. Anyway, beat the shit out of Chris Neal that night too. And point is, they're going up and down the bus and jeff holbrook is starting to tell guys like meet at the rink tomorrow at 9:15 you know going to guys like practice at 10:30 meet at the rink at 9:15 and the guys that were meeting at the rink at 9:15 were being sent down and then the other guys were the were the main team going to practice this was the last day of camp last exhibition game it's the end of september might have even been october by this point holbrook's going down tells norm millie tells someone else looks looks at me looks past me starts walking right and then he's like telling like five or six guys like my 9 15 and then holbrook walks back and i said hey jeff i think you missed me 9 15. and he goes he leans over and he says in my ear this is hollywood holbrook he goes Ten o'clock practice for you, big boy. I'm like, shut the fuck up. He goes, don't say a word until you, till you get off the bus. I was like, no way. I'm like, no way. So I get to practice. I'm on the ice. Practice ends. Scott O'Neill skates up to me. Okay, and this is like the first. This is my first day in the NHL, like as an NHLer, because training camp's over S- rosters are set season starts in two days we're leaving for Philly tomorrow to ho- to open the season <laughs> and Scotty Arneal skates up to me and I and I'm just like banging puck's home trying to stay on the ice as late as I can you know what I mean yeah and he goes this is all he says to me step one you made the hockey club step two you try to stay in the hockey club <laughs> he skated away <laughs> 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 and he's skating away, and I didn't have that relationship with Arnie yet that we developed over the years. Because I love, I love Scott Arneil, I really do. And I know guys that played for him that had a bit of a tough time with him, but I absolutely love the man. Some news broke yesterday, or two nights ago, about a highly anticipated contract extension around the NHL. Not Rasmus Dahlin, not Owen Power. But Austin Matthews, and I think the anticipation wasn't was he going to resign because a lot of people had said that he was. I was hoping they wouldn't that he wouldn't
1: resign, but that's irrelevant.
0: Way too 13. much. money. Thirteen
1: point two five six four five zero. Way too much money. They're no listen to me. That's how much they're over the cap right now. They have the highest cap pro, uh, projection in the league. They're thirteen million two hundred and fifty-six thousand dollars over the cap. They have twenty-three players signed on a twenty-three man roster. What the hell do you do with that? Like, what I don't understand how what what they're doing. No, it's fucking ridiculous. The guy hasn't won
0: shit. Heart Trophy. Taylor Hall won a heart Trophy. Like, what are we talking about here? Like, you know, I saw Paul Bissonnette. He's like, uh, on his video, he's going to score 50 goals for the next amount of year. Are are you sure about that? Does he have the potential to do that? Yes. Yes. He's been hurt every year. He's constantly hurt. I think the one year 60 goals was a total fluke. It's not going to happen again. Do I think they're primed to win the Stanley Cup? Yes. I think Toronto last year, I thought they were more primed than ever, but I feel like now they're they're more primed. You think they're they...
1: primed to win the Stanley Cup? I do. I really oh, do. Not I even like close,
0: man. Okay. Not even close. I think they are absolutely primed to win without question. <laughs> No way. I, okay. I I I don't see it. I thought the, um, I thought the moves with Domi, Reeves, and Bertuzzi were massive moves. Massive pickups. Domi's a great pickup. Matthews deals four years.
1: Four year deal, five okay. remaining. Okay. Four years, fifty three. Uh, uh, I think that's what the the contract was makes 13.25 million dollars a year. That's an him. absolute fucking joke. Okay? Just an absolute joke. I would um, let him
0: walk. Spent that money elsewhere. Three players you could have had for that price.
1: Three players. Bertuzzi is a really nice pickup for them. I think it gives them um a replacement for Michael bunting. Michael bunting love him or hate him was a very very good player for Toronto he had the physical angry type game but also was able to play with the stars in Toronto and 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 help them and make them um, better players and I think that Tyler Bertuzzi is going to come in, and I think he's a level above a Michael Bunting. I think he's whoever plays with him, whether it's Austin Matthews or Mitch Marner or whoever they decide to put with who, is going to be dynamic. It's going to be a very good line because uh, Tyler Bertuzzi is is a very good hockey player. It's not guaranteed to work. Nothing's guaranteed. Um, But I will say this. Tyler Bertuzzi for a one-year deal for five mil five point five million dollars is a really really nice contract for Toronto. Um, Max Domi is a is a really solid hockey player all around. I think he he's he's an awesome depth hockey player. He's not a he's not a game changer. He's not a high end elite player. He is he's a really really good hockey player because he adds a little sandpaper to their team, which I think Toronto desperately needs. They have the game breakers. They have the super high-end skill sets, but they need a little sandpaper, and I think they did a nice job with Domi. Ryan Reeves. I don't even mind that signing. I don't think that um, Ryan Reeves is I think his name is bigger than actually what he does on the ice, but he's a veteran hockey player a very confident hockey player i think the one thing that toronto maple leafs lack in that dressing room is confidence and cockiness would you agree with that do you do you, do you know what i mean by that well they got three players with
0: a lot of that Yes, Max Domi is confident and yes. cocky.
1: Huge. Tyler
0: Bertuzzi is confident and cocky, and yes. Ryan Reeves is maybe has the
1: uh the most confident guy in the league without question. And I I I really like what they did with those guys. I really like what they did with those guys. Uh, John Klenberg, who they picked up on defense, has st- I wouldn't even say struggled. I, I I think that everybody has an expectation of John Klenberg of when he was playing in Dallas and he was literally shredding it when he was 25 years old, putting up all these points and being, being a, a, a super elite player. I think they're looking for him to be a little bit stronger in his, in his older age. I say older age. He's only 31 but if he can put together a really really good season for toronto i think he's going to be a really beneficial player at the end of all of this for me i still do not think that this is uh a stanley cup champion team this was a pressure signing this was Matthews. a
0: pressure
1: yeah This was a pressure signing.
0: I'm going to tell you something right now. For the last two years, I've said, get rid of Alex Nylander. William Nylander, sorry. William. We had Alex. I've said, get rid of William Nylander. Get rid of William Nylander. I think I've completely jumped off that train. I was all about letting Austin Matthews walk at the end of the year. Because you're not going to get a better Austin Matthews in Toronto than you would have gotten this year with no contract extension. Because if he wanted to make 13.256, whatever it is, million dollars, he would have had to have stayed healthy the entire year. He would have had to put up easily 100 points. And he would have had to have had a hell of a playoffs and taken his team on a deep run. Because the only reason why Nate McKinnon earned 12.6 is because he won a Stanley Cup. And because he was severely underpaid for the six years prior to that. I do believe that part of that, did play into account here with Nate McKinnon. But he won a cup. He has performed for years. Austin Matthews has been hurt every single year. Yes, he puts up numbers. But he is not. There are so many other players in this league that I would take before Austin Matthews. That's excluding Connor McDavid. David. That's excluding Leon Dreisaitl. Uh, I'll even exclude Pasternak from that discussion. And I could still name you five players in this league that I would rather have than Austin Matthews. Name them.
1: You're not going to like this one, Jack Eichel. Okay, uh, let's let's hold on a second. Just okay. hear me out. Hear me out. <clears throat> Jack Eichel last year, ten million dollar player. Uh, and and I'm not 100 percent on this, but I know that he had like one point over a point a game. I think he played 63 games or 64 games and had like 65 points. Is that okay. is that correct? Yeah. Tell me I'm stupid or not because I want to keep going on this list. Uh, I, I... I I listen when you're when you're asking me would I take Jack Eichel at 10 million dollars, a 10 million dollar centerman, or pay 1325 for austin matthews i would take jack eichel so i would take david neon dry Pasternak, and i would take uh a thousand percent jack eichel okay i would Nathan take the McKinnon. McKinnon. okay jason robertson matthew kachuk hold on Nate- hold on here this is when we have to take a deep breath i think jason robertson is is a disgustingly good hockey player Makes seven point eight million dollars right now. Okay. He had just 46 goals or, last year and 109 points. We don't, I don't I agree. What I give? would take it. Yes, because okay. I'm talking, but hold on. and just say I think yes. Austin Matthews is a better hockey player than Jason Robertson. That's just me. I think he is a better player, but I would take Jason Robertson with his contract over Austin I'd Matthews.
0: Take, I would take Jason Robertson over Austin Matthews, period. Okay. Great. Okay. Matthew Kachuk, yes. I would take Matthew Kachuk in a heartbeat. Not even close. Then next one on the list. Here's one I would take over Austin Matthews. Jack Hughes. Braden Point. Well, here's the thing. Tage Tage Thompson. Hold on. Jack Hughes is making $8 million. I'll I'll take Tim Stutzel over, over him. I'll keep William Nylander over Austin Matthews. I don't dislike Austin Matthews. I just think he's fucking severely overrated. No, he's
1: not overrated. Okay, He is overpaid. I don't give a shit what anybody says. Fuck people in in Leafland. I guarantee you, if you're talking to a a Toronto Maple Leaf fan, number one, the first thing that's going to come out of their mouth is this. First thing, I'm happy that he's back. And you should be. Because he is really, really good. That being said, the second thing out of out of a Toronto Maple Leaf fan is, it's too much money. It, I don't know what we're doing here. We couldn't win when we had three guys at eleven million. You had Mitch Marner at ten point nine. You had John Tavares at eleven, and you have Austin Matthews at eleven point six. It killed their salary cap. It cash strapped the GM there for years. Now you have Brad Treliving giving him a four-year deal a four-year deal he can walk away and you're giving him 13.25 million dollars it is killing any opportunity to win we've talked about this before and you know who this is who is the only player in nhl history to win a stanley cup that makes over 10 million dollars who is it jack Eichel. Jack Eichel, this year in 2022-23 season, Jack Eichel was the first player in NHL history to win a Stanley Cup making $10 million or more. Austin Matthews makes 13-2, and that's okay. You can have an Austin Matthews at 13-2 on your team, but you can't have John Tavares making 11 and Mitch Marner making 11.
0: Hey, how about this? Have you seen his contract structure? I have not. Okay. So when am I gonna term- am I okay. gonna just be like what the his first year he makes uh sixteen point seven million. Now remember the annual average value of the contract. Don't look it up, Craig. Don't look it up.
1: I'm already looking it up.
0: Oh fuck. So first year fifteen point nine two five in signing bonus. The next year, fourteen point four two five in signing bonus. The next year million in signing bonus the next year 9.1 million in signing bonus so his base salary for those seasons on this contract 775 775 900 900 so at least he gets a pay raise for the last two
1: years of his deal as he gets older would you ever entertain trading him like if you were if you were brad true living and you're in a really good situation because you have a team that currently right now is has been a top five team you in the couldn't league for a trade him. You, ha- you would have had to use him
0: for one more year. I don't know what Trey Living was doing. I, listen, it's easy for me to say in the cheap seats. It, it, I mean, you can't take that job and let Austin Matthews walk out the door for nothing. But... You can because you, now you have 13.25 million. It's the Toronto Maple Leafs. You still have unbelievable pieces around you. You re sign William Nylander. You you bring back Domi and Bertuzzi, and you go and grab a couple more players. I, I think Austin Matthews is a tremendous hockey player. I'm not an Austin Matthews fan overall. I mean, there's nothing personal, nothing personal toward him. I think it's because he plays on the Leafs.
1: I think that's why first year in the league andrew first year in the league four goals his first game. he was 19 years old when he played his first year in the league he scored 40 goals and had 69 points first year in the league 82 games 82 games he played in that season since his first year in the league at age 19 these are the game totals year two 62 then he went to 68 then he went to 70. Then he went to the shortened season where they played 56 games and he played 40, uh, 52. The next year, 73. The next year, which was last year, he played 74. He misses. He hasn't played a, a full season. You are paying a guy eleven or $13.25 million. He has not had a... a, a uh, healthy season since he was 19. he averages he averages 10 games missed a year do you know how much money that is that you're that you're taking out of your lineup every single night for 10 games a year and then all of a sudden you watch him in in the playoffs and I'm not saying he stinks I would never say that Austin Matthews stinks. And yes, people are going to sit there and say, Craig, what are you talking about? He had 11 points in 11 games this year in the playoffs. So fucking what? He still, he still did not do what he has to do to be an elite playoff performer. I don't give a shit about points. It's about everything else that he doesn't do. Austin Matthews is always going to produce points. He's It's undeniable that he is not going to score or produce points. It's about limiting him, and that's what teams understand. You limit Austin Matthews' opportunity, he will get less points. Because guess what? He doesn't play. He's not a great 200-foot player. That's just my opinion. Okay. Leadership-wise, moving this team to another level, I'm not sure he's there yet. For me, and I agree with what you said, and this is where we can leave this conversation. Austin Matthews is a top 10 player in the NHL. World-class, undeniable. I think he's amazing. I love watching him play. But to pay him $13.325 million a year on a four-year deal, is, is totally ridiculous. It's totally
0: ridiculous. Can't make a player the highest paid player in the league. Connor McDavid's an exception. He should be the highest paid player in the league. The fact that Colorado wanted to pay Nate McKinnon 100 grand more, that's fine with me because I think the difference between Nate McKinnon and Connor McDavid is very little and age. It's age and very little bit of difference in their game.
1: That's it. You know what it should be in the next contract agreement. And I think um I think I don't even know if this is allowed. I don't know if this is allowed. And I don't even know if the NHL would allow it. Connor McDavid, when he goes to sign his next contract, should not sign a contract for a numbered contract. It shouldn't be, I'm going to sign an eight-year deal for $13.5 million a year. What I think his contract should be, and I don't even know if you're allowed to do this, but he should be signed not knowing what he's going to make year by year.
0: (laughs) Fucking the most ridiculous
1: I listen to me. i know McDavid, where you're going. Connor McDavid in, in 2018 and 19 signed for two point or $12.5 million a year. He is not the highest paid player in the league last year. He's not going to be the highest paid player this year. He is not going to be the highest paid player next year or the year after. Connor McDavid should be the highest paid player. He is the face of the NHL. He is the franchise of the NHL. He should have in his contract that I will make $1 more than the second highest paid player in the league. Whoever that is, that should be his contract.
0: Well, people are already starting to wonder about Connor McDavid in Edmonton. The questions have been out there and he's had to answer questions. And he he basically said he said something and I'm paraphrasing here because I saw the quote yesterday, but something along the lines of, uh, I'll have to see where we're at at that point in
1: life. Yeah, damn right. right. Listen, and- Leon, our boy Leon Dreisaitl is making eight and a half shmillie a year. Eight and a half shmillie a year. This guy is undeniably, undeniably the second best player in the in the world right now. I don't think there's anybody out there that can sit there and argue with me except bringing up maybe a Kale McCarr in a in a heated discussion of who's the second best player in the world right now. I think Leon Dreisaitl is absolutely insane. Goal scoring, um, points, point totals, a two hundred foot centerman. He's strong, physical, like he does everything. So he's twenty seven years old, Petey. He's got two more years at 8.5. So after this year, after this year, this year, he is going to sign an extension should on his contract. Than,
0: should be more than Matthews. You think? Yeah.
1: 100,000%.
0: He's
1: like going to be making $14 million. 43 goals,
0: 31 and 56, 55, 52. He would have had he 4 You'll be making points. 14. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I forgot for about years. a 50 goal season in 18-19. Sorry. <laughs> I didn't scroll up high enough. Oh, wait, I forgot 25 goals in 78 games uh, in 17 18 as a rookie. Or a second year guy. Like 29 goals. Oh my, he's just had a an unbelievable career. His second year in the league, 25. First year, 29. Second year, 20. He's been in the league a long time. Holy shit. He's a, he's a, so dry. So, I mean, I'm, player, listen,
1: let, let's sign dry. Saddle right now. He's going to make 14. He'll make 14 million dollars. And because here's the thing Edmonton's not going to Leon Dry saying, listen, man, hey, you're playing in Edmonton. Why don't you give us a home down di- discount? Because this is the greatest place to play. No, it's not. It's the shithole. It's or, freezing goddamn cold. Or he and McDavid are like, listen, Leon.
0: You leave after two, I'm gone after three. This is where we, we end. We have two more years to do it together, and then we're out. How is Edmonton going to be able to afford both those guys? That's going to be $30 million by the time McDavid signs. I don't give a shit what the cap goes up to. I don't give a shit if the cap's at $90 million, man.
1: Well, the cap That's... will be at $90 million by then. $30 million. That means that they're going to have about... Sixty million dollars to sign the rest of the roster. Twenty-one more players. Sixty million dollars. Well, hold on. Take and listen. We're we're, off, we're we're take skipping 9. something here off
0: for Darnell Nurse.
1: Yeah, we're okay. skipping something here too. Like we just skip totally to Connor McDavid and Leon Drysaddle because it's all it's all they're all market setters. Like these players are the ultimate market setters. The agents of these players are continuous continuously trying to push the envelope for more money for the elite players and their market setters. Austin Matthews, a market setter. Leon Dreisaitl is a market setter. Um, Connor McDavid is a market setter. I'll tell you who else is a market setter and someone that we never even talked about, which is going to need a contract next year. So you sign your Austin Matthews for 13.25. What are you going to do with Mitch Marner? Mitch Marner had 99 points this year. Mitch Marner has outscored Austin Matthews. Every year, he outscores him. What do you do with Mitch Marner? Like, Toronto can't... And and, and John Tavares has played so well in Toronto. He's really actually played quite well. But they can't wait until that $11 million. He's got two more years. I don't know. I don't know what they're gonna do. We've been talking about a cash strapped Toronto Maple Leaf team for five years now. And and it's not going away. It's only gonna get worse. I had this conversation the other day when we were talking Austin Matthews. I was talking to one of the dads of my team, and we were talking about, you know what the hell are they going to do with a $13.25 million contract? And then all of a sudden we're like, you know, Kevin Adams has done a pretty damn good job right now, hasn't he? And the question was, would you take a Tage Thompson and a Dylan Cousins for $14.1 million? $14.1 million for those two players, or would you take a, an Austin Matthews for 13 dollars Austin Matthews is going to
0: get you a 100 plus. And Dylan Cousins and Tage Thompson projected will get you 170 between the two of them. That's 90 and 80, or that's 170, however you want to slice it up, 95, 75, however you want to do it. But those numbers are not, I believe, too inflated. Yeah. But I would take those two any day of the week. You're, you're, You're number one and number two center at the price of one centerman on the Toronto Maple Leafs. That's the cost of playing in a market like that too. Yeah. You know, like they can afford to, to give that money because they generate so much revenue, but that's not what they're up against. They're up against the salary cap. But here's the thing. Teams now, if you look at Vegas, you look at Tampa Bay, have made a mockery of the salary cap. Toronto Maple Leafs have made a mockery of the fucking salary cap over the years. There have been teams like that have manipulated and circumvented the salary cap by long-term And long for term people IR.
1: that are listening, Describe does IR
0: doesn't, doesn't count against the salary cap. So when Mark Stone makes $9.5 and the Vegas Golden Knights are $9 million over the salary cap, and he goes on long-term IR, and then other players, Robin Leonard goes on at five point five. million. Now they're $14 million that they can they can hide yes so Kucherov. Kucharoff has hip
1: surgery when, Craig late training camp late training camp yeah could yep.
0: have had could have had hip surgery after they won the Cup in June
1: nine and a half million dollar contract instead
0: waits 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 goes through the summer comes to training camp he they know he needs the surgery they put him on long-term IR he's for the, the he, entire season he could have played and he comes back for the playoffs and they Well, win here's Stanley the thing cup.
1: he could have played. The last month of the season, Mm -hmm. but that would have grossly affected their cap, which, uh, which would have screwed things up. So they kept him out. He skated. He was, he was on fire. And once the season is over and the playoffs start Kucherov plays in the first game. And if you remember, he friggin' shreds the first game, he was absolutely insane. That's manipulating the cap. He should have been playing
0: uh 23 playoff games that year 8 goals 24 assists
1: yeah it's just bullshit yeah it's absolute bullshit and there's been a lot of talk about the NHL having to change that like when you're when you have listen those players had these injuries they had to deal with the rehab and everything else where things get into a gray area is when you have a, a Nikita Kucherov that basically skated for a month and a half skated for a month and a half did not play. There's two ways. Probably could have got in another, uh, uh, you know, five, 10 games at the end of the year. Elected not because they, they couldn't fit him into the cap.
0: There's two ways to do this. There's only two ways to fix this. You either have a luxury tax, a major luxury tax on an overage of salary cap up to a certain amount, which I think baseball has something like that, where I think the Yankees were way over the cap every year, but Steinbrenner's like, screw it, doesn't matter. Or your salary cap has to be um enforced during the playoffs. That's the only way to do it. If you want to keep teams honest and you want to put an end to this, then your salary cap can't be washed after your roster size can be increased after trade deadline. I think if you want to bring players up from the minors, they shouldn't count against your cap as extra players down a stretch, but I don't think you should be able to hide big salaries on long-term IR. But then it's a double-edged sword. I mean, you get a guy like uh Robin Leonard who's out five point something million, five, five and a half million, and he's out for the entire year. You shouldn't lose that player. I understand that. So it's this is where the brains behind the negotiation. What about doors. playing
1: a game in the season? Like Nikita Kutrov in that season in two thousand twenty-twenty-one did not play a game the entire season. Now, we're not talking about a sixth defenseman or a third-line left winger. We're talking about one of the best players in the National Hockey League. At the time, he was one of the best players in the NHL. He was making $9.5 million a year. He didn't play the whole year. Probably could have played the last 10 games of the season. But that would have screwed up their salary cap because they they went and you know jammed the salary cap right to the ceiling. He doesn't play a game. The whole year, steps foot on the ice in the first round of the playoff. We're talking about a nine and a half million dollar player and a, and a top five player at the time, a top five player in the NHL. That team goes on. To win the Stanley Cup, can you imagine a team being able to add a nine and a half million dollar player, like a super elite game changing player, to your already very good roster? Well, it's happened twice. It happened. It happened the it's same gonna happen thing this with, year
0: with Vegas. It's, it's going to happen this year too. Whoever wins the Stanley Cup this year will be grossly over the salary cap. It's, it's, um, it's a mastermind
1: move. So it's like all those people that were hating, all those people that were hating on Tampa Bay, that they're $18 million over the salary cap. That's what they were when they won the Stanley cup, $18 million over the cap. And you have a Kucherov shirt with the Stanley cup that someone made for him that said 18 million over the cap. Just throwing it in the NHL's face. God, I would have loved to be on that team. Ride the coattails of those guys. Oh, it's just such bullshit, man.
0: As simple as that. That's all. It, that's all it's about when it comes down to it. And so on. All, on the conversation of all these contract talks. Darlene Power. Anything. I don't want to have a long conversation about it. I no, mean, I don't I, think
1: there's a conversation to be had. I think, um, I think they. Uh, I just hope if the deal's done,
0: if the deal's done, and I got to hear about it the night before the season opens because the Sabers want some kind of dramatic press conference or the night before training camp. I'm just so sick of that because it all gets leaked before anyway. Like Austin Matthews' contract got announced at the end of August. They gave us some fucking news, Announce the co- If it's not done, but if I, I'm going to tell you what, I'm going to tear somebody into shreds verbally. If I got to hear about some, another Sabres press conference in the fucking main atrium of the arena to announce the contract extension of Rasmus Darlene. I'm so sick of it. Toronto didn't do it. All these other teams don't do it. Stop at the dramatic effect. Just announce the deal if it's done. If it's not, I'm sorry for everything I just said. <laughs> but be be warned. Sabres have led the league in press conferences over the years, whether it's been USA hockey announcements or signings and signings. And, well, you've had fucking 12 GMs, eight coaches, and uh, <laughs> five captains <laughs> in the last seven years. So... I mean, I suppose I should retract that statement that, uh, you know, I guess they've needed these press conferences. But at the same time, it's like, just make the announcement after GM number four. It's like, all right, let's stop at the press conferences. Okay,
1: I'm off my soapbox. You would think that if the deal was done, that they would want it done now. Because if they if they it is done, it but you know what they're gonna camp, do. If they announce <laughs> it at training camp, Rasmus Dolen is gonna sit there and not be focused on what he has to do at training camp. And that's just go there and friggin' be the best he can be, train with his player. Now he's gonna have to go there, do a press conference, the talk questions about how and much shit money out, he's out of the way
0: while he's skating uh at the at the friggin' harbor center. Let yeah, him get of the way. Uh, training uh, captain
1: skates or whatever they're doing. I don't even know if they just still do that, but um but you know what yeah. I mean? Like, just get, get it, it out, out of, of the way. way. Yes. Let it be old news by the
0: time training camp comes around. Because now, like you said, you're just taking one afternoon or one evening of Darlene's routine to sit there and put him in front and answer questions that he doesn't want to answer. Happy to be here long-term. Hope to bring a Stanley Cup. You know, uh, really mm-hmm. excited about the team. we got a lot of good young players. I mean, I just I just basically did your press conference for you. The only thing I didn't have was a Swedish accent
1: yeah are you is it worrisome no, at all um to think that uh the negotiations are still continuing like i know there no was... but i thought i thought it was done done deal i'm not okay i'm not gonna i'm not gonna
0: beat that horse down there i love that you just came on and you're like deal's not done well <laughs> you got listen, guys retract, all, all...
1: retracting their statements
0: for clarity what I meant to say was
1: but that that came out that that um someone reported that you know the deal's done for Daleen. he's probably going to be around 10 10.25 for an 8 year deal boom lock, everything's done and I I don't have a problem with that I really don't I mean Rasmus Dhalin is is world class he deserves to get paid um and uh, I think that contract is 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 a good contract for Rasmus Dhalin I'm not saying I'm just like man come on it's been like three months since that was reported. And, and I just want to see him signed just like everyone else. Like I, I've, i I told you this, I told you this a month ago, every day I wake up and I go on Twitter every goddamn day. I'm looking to find, please sign Rasmus Dahlin, please sign him to a contract. Just, just let me sleep a little bit better at night, a little bit more soundly. Please tell me I don't give a shit. If Austin, if, if um, uh, Owen Power signs a three-year deal or, or or an eight-year deal, I don't care. Just get him signed. Just get him signed. No games. Please don't, please do not announce this the day before training camp that Rasmus Dahlien has signed an eight-year deal. Please don't or, do or that the to the kid. The season. or the Don't do it the to season. the kid. Don't do it to the team. So, you got to go to the goddamn rink. And the kids are, they all like, hey, what do you think about all... Rasmus Dalin signing for 80 million? Like, uh, what do you think about that? Like, do you yeah. think you want to, you think the players want to talk about Rasmus Dalin making 80 million dollars? They're all happy In the for the him. Locker, they all love level.
0: In the locker they do. They want to talk about where they're going for dinner on the road. Oh,
1: yeah. He's fucking going to pay. He's going to get pay a few uh, with team dinners. For sure.
0: bill like, you wouldn't believe. Yeah. And you know what? If I were on that team with the money guys are making now, I would try to do my best to help jack that bill up to at least 25 grand. Do you remember our rookie dinner in uh, Dallas when everybody ordered the 10-ounce uh, uh, Kobe beef fillets? They were 325 bucks each. Was that in Dallas or... Arizona, It was in Dallas. Was in Dallas. The, the Arizona one was where we all had the tomahawk steaks.
1: Tomahawk. I remember those. They came out. It was like, it was, fucking, like literally, it was like the Flintstones. They put the small cow plate. got dropped on our plate. I'm like, who's going to eat all this meat? Big bone, big bone, big bone. Yeah. It was kind of annoying because the <laughs> bone was remember? almost three feet long. <laughs> do you <know> yes. <laughs> hey, do you know what I loved about going to dinner with
0: Adam Mayer? Adam Mary used to always, if he ordered a ribeye, he would order a bone-in ribeye, okay? Or a bone-in filet. And I swear to God, this like, this guy used to pick up the bone with these fancy restaurants. He would pick up the fucking bone of the, of the steak, and he would, like, be gnawing on it, like, like he was brushing his teeth with it. It would be in his back of his mouth, just, like, grinding down the bone, and any piece of meat he could get off of that thing. So... Sabres PR, if you're listening, just announce it. Just announce it because you're not doing the players any favors by uh, holding it out and making them keep secrets. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what's going on with this contract. I don't know.
1: Uh, Anything else? Nope. I can feel it, though. Can you feel that? Can you feel it?
0: U.S. Open starting soon you know no, what that means. fuck stop training camps that's it you associate the US open and training camp uh absolutely okay and you have in past years too no because never 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 laying in bed in your hotel anywhere Listen, and you got the u.s open on at 10 30 at night you got federer versus anybody yeah but late i night look on at Arthur you Ash. every
1: single time i look at you and you say stupid shit like this i can see your <laughs> tiny little ball grabber size large yvonne lendl white <laughs> shorts that's just cupping your package <laughs> And and you know it. You you walk around your house with an extra you know like you're a freaking XL probably a double and you're wearing larges just to just to get them nice and tight headband, around the thighs headband tube socks I guarantee white Paris sneakers Paris, that you're just Paris going Paris around you're walking around with a tennis racket in your house looking like looking like Bjorn Borg. Yeah, there you go.
0: You know what? I just want to say this. Deep down inside, and I mean this from the bottom of my heart, man, you are such an asshole. That's a wrap on another episode of After The Whistle. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, After The Whistle, and at Craig Reve 52, at The Instigator 76. And You can find us, as you already know, on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube, and anywhere else where you can get your podcasts. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to spread the word.